Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everyone. We are back here, me and uh, Brandon Farmer and my partner in crime, uh, Nick Wilson. I think that's the exact intro of the previous episode. You said it almost just like that. <laughs> I didn't say partner in crime. Uh, you said something like that. I think, <clears throat> well, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, I shouldn't criticize your lead into the episode. Look, I've been criticized a lot here lately. And uh, especially by me. my, uh, oh, I know, I was about to say, by my uh, loving only wife at home. You know, she's uh, going to listen to this. I know, but I don't really care. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, yeah, so, where are we starting this thing off at? Well, I think that's a perfect segue into many different things. Right. But she's headed to the beach, right? She is. To, to, she's As of to this recording, anyway. Exactly. Is, yeah. uh, they're going to go down to Panama City with... Um, PCB. Uh, some, some of her... On, on, on her side of the family, uh, her uncle and them have built a um, kind of like a little, little. I'll say, I guess you say it. It is a house, probably about twelve hundred square foot home uh, down there on their property that they bought. So, is it on the beach or no? Back? It's off the beach a little bit, and but it's right there where um, uh, I guess what you call it, call it. You know, they got a pool area. Uh, of sorts and uh, like a neighborhood yeah it's almost like the neighborhood everybody's kind of you know crowds right there in that place and um i uh, got a couple of restaurants in the area or whatever um i think you have to cross over the road to get to the beach i mean it's like okay you have to but so it's not far from the beach no no Man, not that's, far that's the life so it's funny you say that i just got back from uh i spent I took a little mini road trip vacation thing. Uh, I, I had a friend of mine from Auburn who's still at Auburn. She she and a couple of my other friends, uh, some of them graduated already, but they still live around Auburn. So they all hang out together. Well, she, she called me the other day and said, hey, we're headed up to my parents' beach house in North Carolina. You want to come hang out? And we've been up there together before, me and a couple of other friends from Auburn. And so I said, yeah, sure, because I hadn't seen them in months. Yeah. So, but while we were planning the, the logistics of how we were going to get there and the trip and that kind of thing, we, I, I knew we were going to kind of travel in the direction of Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina. From where we are in Alabama, yeah, right, to get to North Carolina. So, I told I told my friend, I'm like, hey, why don't we spend a night in Charleston? I'll pay for the Airbnb, 
just just a you know I guess work with me here because I've always wanted to go to Charleston. I've always wanted to stay in Charleston. I've always wanted to at least say that I've been there and just say, yes, I've been to Charleston. She said, sure. So we ended up leaving a day early and traveled to Charleston, drove from Auburn, Alabama to Charleston, South Carolina. Great drive, by the way, beautiful drive, especially into the low country of South Carolina. Got there into Charleston at our Airbnb. Unpack everything. It's probably one thirty in the afternoon, Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. So we've got plenty of time to um, go to go walk around the city. We leave our Airbnb, which is right off of King Street, about a block and a half off of King Street. So we get to King Street. And we're kind of upper Charleston, upper King Street, and we decide, hey, we're just going to follow King Street all the way to the water, all the way to Battery Park. You know, we're going to go south of Broad, all the way, uh, south of Broad Street, all the way down to the end, basically. Which is how how far is that from? That from was a that was a little bit of a trek. It was it was probably one way. It ended up being, uh, I want to say, maybe two miles. Okay. Two to three mile walk, something yeah, like that. Right. So not too far. Right. But not, not a couple of blocks either. So the one thing immediately that struck me, nobody, nobody was in Charleston. There was nobody there. Really? And actually when we got to our Airbnb, the owner said, you know, y'all are lucky or y'all are smart, one of the two, because there's nobody in town. So you can go do whatever you want to because so many people are still wary of COVID-19. Huh. So especially in a, in, a, in a larger city like Charleston. So we pretty much had the city to ourselves with the exception of a couple of locals and a couple of South, you know, South Carolina vacationers. We were really the only major... I mean, I think we saw a couple from Australia. Yeah. In the restaurant with us that we went to eat at. That's what I was going to ask you. Were the restaurants and the stores, were they open? Half of them were. Half of them were closed. So it's half and half. And and most of the restaurants and stores that were closed had uh, real estate for sale signs in the window. As if that building were either up for lease or for sale, which I was talking to my friend. That, um, I said, that that's kind of worrisome that all of these businesses are for sale. They're vacant, all these buildings. Yeah. Especially, you know, north of Broad Street. Right. Well, north of Broad Street is all your commercial stuff anyway when you go on King Street. When you go south of Broad Street on King Street, it turns into neighborhoods. Those old colonial Charleston Southern seventeen eighteen hundred yes, buildings. Yeah. The 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 ridiculous homes. You know, we're walking we're walking down King Street, we're passing by all these commercial stores and restaurants, then we pass we cross Broad Street and boom, it's like we're in a neighborhood. Right. And you've got these houses and you know based on their appearance, how they've been renovated and, and reconstructed after at least after what happened with Hurricane uh, Hugo, these jokers you're dropping at least a million dollars on a home 
or maybe $800,000 on a home to live in, in this area. Right. Because there are Land Rovers, Teslas, BMWs, Mercedes, everywhere on the streets. And then you've got these little, it, it was really cool, you've got these little alleys where they're about the width of a golf cart, maybe a little wider than a golf cart, yeah, but not wide enough for a car to go down. But you walk down one of these alleys, and they're, they're homes with, like, driveways yeah. in these alleys. Right. They've got mailboxes and everything. And these alleys, every alley has a, has a name. And so it was just really weird and surreal. Weird in a really good way, though. Surreal because I've never been in a place. You know, I've been in New Orleans. But New Orleans, the French Quarter, was not like this. This was almost like traveling back in time. Yeah. You go to the French Quarter, and there are bits and pieces of history everywhere. But there's also a lot of modern, I guess, amenities everywhere, too, to kind of make sure you know what time period you're in presently. But walking through these neighborhoods, if you take the cars away, you don't really know. You you, could, you wouldn't know what time period you were in. You're saying Charleston's done a great job of containing the history. Absolutely. Part of it. Yes. They, you know, what they are, really. And and so, well, so we walk, we walk, like I said, we walk all the way down King Street. We get to Battery Park. I think it's what it's called, Battery Park. There's a little park basically on the southern tip of Charleston. Yeah where the Ashley and the Cooper Rivers meet, okay, in that little bay area. And we look out, we see Fort Sumter off in the distance, and I'm a history guy, right. so that was huge for me. Yeah, That was the first time I'd laid eyes on Fort Sumter. And when I go back to Charleston, because I am going to go back, I want to go visit Fort Sumter, I want to go visit the USS Yorktown, which is, uh, it was a that's a U.S. aircraft carrier that fought and served in World War II, uh, very famous U.S. aircraft carrier, actually. Uh, so I want to go visit it. I think the USS Wasp is there, too, yeah. uh, at that museum. Uh, the CSS Hunley is there, which was uh, the Confederate States submarine, ironclad vessel. Its museum is just outside of Charleston, so I want to go visit that, too. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to go back to Charleston to do. But right. anyway, so... We look at all that, then we decide if you're looking at a map of Charleston, we want to go we want to go back up to go find somewhere to eat. So we just decide to follow the river walk and we go up into the French Quarter of Charleston. What what they what is known as the French Quarter of Charleston. And that is the old the old old original Charleston basically. Yeah. On the southeastern tip of the peninsula. And the more we go up that way, the more colonial it gets. It's almost pre-colonial. It's almost that exploration period where you start to see really, really old brick, yeah. really, really old cobblestone. Right. You know, walking through, walking down King Street, you see a lot of old stuff. But this is original Charleston when it was known as Charles Town, named after King Charles, uh, you know. 17th century Charleston and just the history man it was so cool and then we get into some more restaurants right there in the French Quarter we went and ate at a restaurant called Ruru's it okay. was a taco place taco Mexican joint sort of a high end taco place yeah great food then we walked down to one of the wharfs there and 
watched the sunset, got some gelato, hung out, uh, talked. We were staring across the river at the USS Yorktown. Then we went by, and my friend wanted to go. There was this English pub there, ironically, yeah. in the French Quarter. So we went in there and hung out for a little while. And then as we were walking back to our Airbnb that night, it was 9.30 by that point. 9.30, 10 o'clock. Again, there was nobody. No, There were no cars. There were Nobody was walking in the streets. It was Ghost like town. Charleston was deserted, man. It was yeah. the craziest, craziest thing. With the exception, there were a couple of ghost tours going on. Right. But then we get back to our Airbnb, go to bed, wake up the next morning, hang Which out was, on the... was nice. You showed me the pictures of where y'all were staying, and it was, it looked really, yeah. really nice. And that that's true. I completely forgot to talk about that. The Airbnb we stayed at, just off of King Street, the house that we stayed in was actually uh, slave quarters for the the big house on that property. Yeah. There were three buildings on that property, the slave house or the or the servant house, the kitchen house where the kitchen would have been, and then the main residential house where the the resident of the uh, or the builder of the house originally lived. And our Airbnb was in the slave quarters home and it had been renovated, but it still had the natural wood floors, the rafters were exposed. The original doors were still there, so the owner and the renovator did a really good job of making sure that all the modern amenities were there. But the but y'all original walked everywhere you went, right? Oh, we walked everywhere. So yeah. y'all walked back to the Airbnb. Yes. Okay. We walked back to the Airbnb and Airbnb. It, I'm sorry, yeah, not yeah. Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was it was just it was so nice. The weather was nice. Everything was nice. We got up the next morning at about eight o'clock and the house is a two-story house we were on the top yeah. floor and on our deck area there was a table and we sat there and drank coffee for like two hours and watched the sun you know come up and watch charleston kind of wake up it was so cool but then as we were leaving we were notified by the owner that something was happening and it was a protest yeah for for George Floyd or well prompted by the murder and death of George Floyd and when you and I originally wrote this episode we didn't plan on talking about this obviously right because this was unexpected yeah and by the time this episode comes out George Floyd's death will have occurred several weeks back yeah, and we will have felt the repercussions of that, and the consequences of that, and these protests, and these riots. But I do feel like, and guys, when I was talking to Brandon about this, he and I kind of thought it would be a good idea to to at least broach this this subject uh, and try to verbalize how we both have come to terms with it. Driving out of Charleston. That day, we sort of saw this this reaction. And by the time, I don't know, George Floyd, George Floyd had passed probably four or five days prior to this specific protest. This was really when, because, you know, it wasn't really an immediate thing. Yeah. It wasn't like the day after he died, people were on the streets. You know, it was, there was so, a, a little bit of a lag time there. Yeah. 
And in Charleston, it was the same way. There was a little bit of a lag time so that this protest kind of erupted uh, a couple of days after he had passed. But what I saw, it was very peaceful. It was very... And it was all locals, too, because nobody else was in town. It, It was very solemn, calm, meaningful... Uh, and I think seeing that, seeing that protest made me proud as an American that we live in a country where whether I agree with the protest or not, my fellow Americans, my fellow Alabamians can go out there and protest for what they believe in. No doubt. In a peaceful manner. Now, when you get those individuals that instigate in a protest violent acts against business and public spaces, that's sort of where I go, okay, I don't really think that's what... Uh, that that that's the the protest language that we need to be speaking in. That that doesn't need to be the common language for which we protest. I feel like it needs to be a a little more. Yes, it needs to be aggressive, but I think it also needs to be a little more peaceful. And you know, you hear all of these things about you know George Floyd was a criminal. George Floyd was wrongfully murdered. Wherever you stand on George Floyd. These people obviously felt like, and, and it's not just one group of people in one part of the country. It's all over the country. Obviously, they felt like they needed to protest for a reason, and they deserve that. They, they have that right. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Bill of Rights. Freedom of assembly. Freedom Every, of speech. Everybody does. All right? Yes. They There is a right for everybody to go out there, and I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a minute and kind of let you shoot out your ideas too, but everybody has the right to go out there and protest. But as as in everything, there's always a line. And I'm not going to be the one to say where that line is, but that line does exist, and I feel like we all should know not to cross that line, and we should really all know where that line is. We should all have a general idea. But the point where you cross that line into complete violence and just mania and chaos, then you're not making your point anymore. Then it's become about something else entirely. Remember why you're protesting. Remember the point you're trying to make. They don't care about the point that's not they're not even they're not even thinking about the point of why they're there they're just there to make destruction loot you know the violence part of it and why is that why don't we have people like that and you know for me 
you know, it, it, look, we, we've said it many times on our on our episodes that you know, me and Nick are Christians. Uh, we believe in God. And we believe, you know, in His Word, what the Bible says. And you know, you go back to why do people do that kind of stuff? And the only really answer I have for that, Nick, is that we got wicked hearts. We got sinful hearts. I mean, there's there's people, you know, you look, you know, we're all born sinners and but man, it, there's a lot of people out there who who don't look at things like we do and they're just totally you know, lost. And and it's to be honest with you, it's just pure evil stuff their main thing like you were just talking about there was a lot of people who cared about george floyd and what happened to him no doubt about that which was wrong wrongfully so oh absolutely it, it and the cop wrong. what he did is wicked also absolutely there's no, no doubt, doubt about it. it and and not just him the other law and enforcement the other officers that did nothing it. exactly they're just as wicked does that mean every cop is that way? No. No way. But those no individuals way. absolutely deserve some sort of consequence for their actions and for killing so, that that man. No doubt. And when you got people who really you know care about that situation and want their voices to be heard, but then you got other people who have other intentions, not that intention exactly of uh, yeah. peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. They just have intentions of doing other stuff just to make an excuse for it. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to steal, destroy, you know, all these businesses and set, you know, stuff on fire because that's who they are. You know what I'm saying? That's who they are in the heart. So, and I was going to, you know, Let's take it back just a little bit, Nick. All right? I'm going to take it back to, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about on this on this episode, you know, I'm in the Bible. I'm going back to the, to the flood. All right? Where God flooded the entire earth. Why did he do that? You know, he, he picked out one person, and that was Noah. All right? But during that time, Noah was, he had, he had a heart for God. But everybody else during that time, and this is going to be um, Genesis uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 5. And the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination of, it, of the thoughts of every human heart was only evil all the time. So during this time, Everybody, everybody's wicked. Everybody's got evil hearts. So much so that Noah was the only one who didn't have that heart. And so God flooded the earth and he, he wiped everybody out. Okay? And um, kind of basically started back over in, in a way. So, and that's, that's kind of, you know, I, I've got some... I've got some other verses, you know, kind of want to get into. Um, 
just hit these points real quick. And then you go to Jeremiah 17, 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So it tells you right there, the heart is deceitful. And so all these people who are doing all these things, it's from the very get-go. It's their wicked ways. They're, you know, it's the evil stuff that they have in them. And they're going to do it no matter what, Nick. They're going to do no matter, it's going to continue to happen. You know, with all, if there's, if there's more protests to come, if there's more, if we get in this situation again, we're going to be just back to step one again because they're always going to be there. That heart's always going to be there. That wickedness, unless, you know, God, you know, enters their life and changes their heart. But that's why you see this stuff, man. That's why everybody's so, and it seems to keep getting worse in a sense, which I believe it is. Because we've is is it getting worse or are we becoming more aware of it? I think because we're moving more and more away from God, and the more we move away from Him, the worse it's going to get. Are we moving more away from God, or are we becoming more aware of the fact that there are a lot more people out there than we thought that aren't? with God. You see what I'm saying? Because like, you know, that's one one of the conversations that you have to have when you talk about something like this is, so the the mayor of Atlanta, she held a press conference and a clip of that press conference has sort of gone viral. Um, Mayor Keisha Bottoms, powerful, powerful lady, uh, you know, like with all politicians, I don't agree with everything she says or does, but she made a great point. She said, you know, why would you go out here and burn and loot your own community. How does right. that make sense? Right. And you know, and and she's an African American. Um, she her her father was an uh, an R and B singer, African American R and B singer. She's a very strong and and powerful woman, one that you kind of have to admire in all this because she's basically saying, "Why would you do this to your own city, to your own community? Right. Why why would you make that decision to hurt yourself? Right. Right." And with the media now, I think, and I guess you could sort of consider our platform a part of that, I think we're becoming more aware of the fact that there are a lot of people out there that, like you said, do not think like us, do not have the heart that we have, do our, whose soul isn't in the place where ours is. And that is the reason for all of this. Are we as a society, as a civilization, as a as a as the human race, are we moving more away from the Lord? Personally, I don't know. Look, but I got, think we're becoming more aware of it. Well, you know, in the nineteen sixties our government took, you know you know, start we couldn't we taking the Bibles out of schools and so forth. I don't know the exact year. I wanna say it was around sixty four, sixty five, somewhere in that area. But even nowadays, you know, the government, you know, our president now has been pretty, pretty loud in his, what, you know, in his faith and what he believes in. He's supportive of religion no matter what it is, which I think is great. 
because right. because the Constitution guarantees the, your your freedom of religion. And as a Christian, I respect other religions' rights to exist along mine. Um, you know, it it is my job as a witness of the Lord to to talk to them about that. But uh, I'm glad that I also live in a country where that is the case. As long as, which we're getting so far off track, but that's okay. I don't um, look, and I I don't want to get too far off track with yeah. what we're talking about. But I just want look. You know, you were talking about the mayor of Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're like, why are you doing this? Why are you tearing up your city? Mm-hmm. Because it says in Matthew Matthew 15 verse verse 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder. We've had people murdering people for no reason, just to be doing it. You know what I'm saying? They're just the police officer in St. Louis that right. was murdered I mean, protecting a business. Yeah. Not only that, but are the, George Floyd. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, but during these protests and all the violence and everything that's kicked absolutely. off, they've just murdered people. Period. Not they don't have nothing to do with the cops. They're just murdering people. You know, adultery, uh, sexual immorality, theft. We're going out and we're stealing stuff. You know, and False testimony and slander. So you look at them things, and those are of the of the heart. Those are the thoughts of the you know, of the evil stuff that you know a lot of people have, and including ourselves, is what I'm saying. I'll be one first one to raise my hand. But the difference between me and them is that you know I've got Christ in me. That's the difference. And there will be other people who don't, and that's where that's where that evil intention comes from, is doing all that stuff. So, look, man, I, I just think we, you know, we we just got to pray for our nation. And like you said, you know, in South Carolina, well, what they were doing. Hey, proud to be American, where we can just have peace, peaceful protest, and not not take it to that level if if you want to go out there and protest for something in support of something that I don't agree with I'm not going to debate with you your right to protest I'm going to debate with you on that policy right I'm going to debate with you as to whether I believe in what you're protesting for but I'm not I will never I will never debate with you your right to protest because that is guaranteed by the United States Constitution. It's guaranteed to me just like it's guaranteed to you. You're an American citizen. I'm an American citizen. We are here together as citizens to make this country the best country that it can be. Yes, an understanding of what you're protesting for. Not taking advantage of the situation. Exactly. Like what you're talking about a lot of, a lot of these people are doing. Because that's exactly what's happening. Right, and 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 it's um, it all goes back to the to the evil, wickedness heart um, that truthfully we all have, but the difference between us and them, it, you know, is having Christ. And and I and Nick, I want everybody to know Christ. I want every, I don't want everybody, you know, being that evil aspect of their life where they're, you know, everything is just, hey, man. Um, wicked and they're going out and doing all this stuff but Nick you know as well as I do 
that uh, a lot of people are stubborn. A lot of people are not going to listen to what you have to say. You know, they're just going to do what they want to do. And that, and, it, and that's 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 you know, it's sad. Whether whether you are yeah. a you know, if you're listening to this, whether you're a Christian or not, that's always going to be the tough part about society. Right, is dealing with people that are stubborn and will even if you back up your argument with the facts with evidence and they don't have any they're still going to disagree with you no doubt just because they're too stubborn to do otherwise but let me say this also it it also we're also called to love each other and look they got you know i I love this person in front of whoever it is Mm -hmm. you know and i'll tell them that and that's that's where we start you know what i'm saying we start there hey man i love you you know i don't let's let's start from right there let's talk to each other Let's have a dialogue. Right, exactly. Guys, let's not be scared to talk about race. Let's not be scared to talk about things that need to change in our criminal justice system. Because it's not perfect. No. To, to, to To bring it back to the religion aspect of this conversation, nothing that humankind creates is ever going to be perfect. I don't care what you think. The criminal justice system will never be perfect. All right? Our economy will never be perfect. Our military will never be perfect. All right? Nothing on this planet will ever be perfect because the only perfect thing is the Lord. Look, we live in a big, pretty good sized country, would you say? Uh, yeah. 330 okay. million people is pretty I large. Think that, and you know this. And the downfall is that everybody has what you just picked up. In your hand. Yes, my cell phone. Yes. I'm looking at the timer. (laughs) Everybody has an opinion, Mm -hmm. which is not always a great thing. But we're all connected now. And so as soon as this stuff, what happened to George Floyd, happens, and it just takes off, man. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows. 20 years ago, you probably wouldn't have saw that. I completely agree. You wouldn't have saw that at all. And I think that's the biggest thing now. We're all connected. And we everybody's on video. And, man, you're just, you just have to watch, you know, obviously what he did. But I'm just saying that in general, you know, be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Because now... You're being watched. I mean, and it could lead to something. It could be very minor, but it it could lead to something like this for sure. And um, but it all goes back to the heart, man. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, go off the well, beaten path uh, well, well, long ways. But speaking of the the heart, and I'm gonna I'm gonna close with this. We'll we'll close this chapter of yeah this episode because we have some other stuff to talk about but you know just because nothing on this based on my statement earlier what I said where nothing on this planet can ever be perfect doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to pursue that doesn't mean that we should not try to at least pursue to make things better right? because things would never get better if we didn't the horrible thing about this tragedy is that George Floyd's family will be affected for
forever by this. His community will be affected forever by this. But if this can be a catalyst for change, for good, then there that that's that's a positive that we can take out of this. And I think that as long as we can take positives and good things out of this world, we'll be okay. And speaking of positives, we're going to pick back up on what we started with this podcast with. Vacations. Vacations. So, your wife, like we said at the top of the episode, your wife kind of is going on vacation, right? Right now. She's leaving you here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She's leaving you here. I just got back from a vacation like I talked about earlier. By the way, I need to go ahead and kind of finish that. We le- we left Charleston and went up to the Outer Banks. Okay, yeah, I remember you. Yeah. And the last episode, what was my recommendation? The Outer Banks. <laughs> the TV show. The TV, the TV show, show The Outer Banks. Netflix. Now, here's a fun fact, though. Where was that TV show filmed? Or a fun question. Do you know where it was filmed? It was filmed there, right? It wasn't filmed in The Outer Banks. They wanted to film it in The Outer Banks, but due to some... Was in, oh, South Carolina. Was in it was South filmed Carolina? in Charleston. Okay. So as we're walking down King Street, okay? Yeah. Like I was talking about at the top of the episode, as we're walking down King Street, we pass this store, and I'm like, okay, where do I recognize that store? I yeah. recognize that store. There's this big clock out front, Ben Silver. It's got Ben Silver on top. And I'm going, oh, my God. That's where, that's where John B. and Sarah Cameron went to get close to go to the library in Chapel Hill. Of course, they didn't actually go to Chapel Hill. Right. It was filmed in Charleston. Well, you went to a couple of places that where they filmed. Um, then, on our way to the Outer Banks, out of, yeah, out of, once we left Charleston, we went through this small town of McClellanville, South Carolina. Literally the smallest town I think I've ever been in. Okay. Even smaller than the one over the mountain from us. We turned down this dirt road and there's the church. Yeah. There's the church in the in the in the show where John B and Sarah kissed and his you know and all that good stuff. It was it was right there in McClellanville, South Carolina, just oh, outside cool. about 30 minutes outside of Charleston, 20 minutes outside of Charleston, north of Charleston, yeah. on Highway 17 or off of Highway 17. Really really cool for me yeah, as oh, a yeah. big fan of the show to see all that but anyway yeah so we go up to the outer banks and and for it's always cool to see um i remember just real quick going to um universal studios and uh or even no i take that back we want a trip to go to universal uh back when i was real young but we also ventured in hollywood and looked at all the sets and you know, I had watched Back to the Future when I was a kid, mm-hmm. yeah. and I saw the set, Back to the Future on the, lot, the, on the courthouse, and yeah. all that. So when you see all that stuff and where they're filming, that kind of just like, man, it just kind of gets you all pumped up, you know. It's um, really cool. It's surreal. Kind it of, is. Isn't it? it is, and you know. So, imagine you ha- you were having the same feeling. Yeah. As you're walking around, you're seeing all that stuff, and you're you're putting all the pieces together. Because what? when it hit me, man. It's just like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And, of course, the store was closed due to the coronavirus. But anyway, uh, 
Now, for those of you out there that have never been to the Outer Banks or that have only exclusively been to the Gulf of Mexico, the Emerald Coast, let me just tell you, the Outer Banks are very different. And and have you ever, you've never been to the Outer Banks, have you? No, I, I was going to ask you, is it a beach or is it? Yes. It is a beach. Okay. So uh, it's, it's <clears throat> very, okay, I'm just going to start with the sand. Right. First off, the sand is, so Orange Beach, Gulf Shores, Panama City, Pensacola, Cape San Blas, right, the Emerald Coast, kind of between Apalachicola and Gulf Shores, okay? That's that's what I think you could generally classify as the Emerald Coast. Yeah. Called such because of the the water and the beaches and, and, and you know, that kind of thing. The sand is very fine. It's very white. It's very soft. Like a pure white. Duck. Yeah, right? You know, like you go down to PCB or yeah. Orange Beach, and the sand is just very fine yeah. and very white and very clean and, and crisp, okay? The Outer Banks, it's very different. It's So if if the Gulf sand is, or the Emerald Coast sand, if PCB sand is fine sugar cane sugar, mm-hmm. all right, then the Outer Banks sand is brown sugar. It's a little more coarse, it's a little more stiff, and it's very brown. Very brown. Okay, you were talking about um, Panama City and it being the white. Yes. Okay, but, but the Outer Banks sand is kind of... It's, it's a little it's more really, rough, a little more brown. Right. It's brown sugar. That's that's okay. the best comparison that I can make. Atlantic, Atlantic, or at least Outer Banks sand is brown sugar. Panama City Orange Beach sand is Destin sand, whatever, right, dude, is yeah. fine white sugar sugar cane sugar right and then you start talking about the the towns okay in the outer banks nothing over four stories tall okay condos houses businesses nothing's taller than four or five stories i i would assume that's because um of storms and stuff i mean yes also, because they don't want, but but two that prevents something else from happening. It prevents these huge condos from coming in. Yeah, most most of the buildings, and we we specifically went to Nags Head, right? Nags Head, North Carolina, on the Outer Banks. The town of Nags Head is mostly houses. Yeah. These big two to three story homes in these neighborhoods along the beach access roads, and then on the main highway behind the beach access road, closer to the mainland, that's where you have all your commerce, your shopping malls, your restaurants, right. that kind of thing. And it's so it's it is commercialized, but not as commercial as the Gulf, right? As we're used to because you go down to like Orange Beach, Gulf Shores, Panama City. There are these huge, towering condos. Right, yeah. Like, massive, right? You know, 20 to 30 stories tall. Yeah. Not not on the Outer Banks. It's very... And, and it's very historic, too, because a lot of these houses very have been back. there since the... Yeah. 
Very. Yeah. Like a lot of these houses have been there since the 50s or 60s. Okay. It's very pedestrian friendly, especially when you get on that beach access road. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a bike path and a walking path. Everybody walks everywhere kind of deal. It's really almost like in Jaws. What what was that town in Jaws? Amity Island? Was that it? Ah, uh, was that it? No, was uh, it, I can't remember. It was almost. It had that feel to it. That it. It's got that fifties or sixties beach That's the kind of look. It's got to beach it. vibe to it. Yeah, was very there a laid lot of people? back. Was there a lot of people out there? Or yeah, still but kinda... but again, here's another difference though. There weren't a lot of people in the water. Really, the water was very cold. Oh, was it's it? Atl- it's the Atlantic. I mean, yeah. Most of the people were just hanging out on the beach. Okay. Whereas you go down to the Gulf, and and especially if the water's calm, everybody's oh, in the everybody's water. out there. Yeah. Everybody, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty yards out, people are just hanging out, chilling, drinking, you know, whatever their drink of choice may be, hanging out, talking. You know, a, a significant amount of your time is spent in the water. Here. No. Yeah. There may have been, I spent one day probably four or five hours at the beach, and during those four or five hours, I could count on both hands how many people I saw out in the water that day. Right. So, and it was fairly windy too, though, so I I will say that. But, no, it was, it's just so interesting because the experience is so different from what I grew up going to because i grew up going to the gulf i grew up with my mom and dad they had a house in gulf shores and now my grandparents have a house in orange beach so it's always been this thing where and by the way those two towns are right next to one another it's always been this thing where i've I've grown up with that but your mom gulf your mom and dad lived in north carolina for a little bit right they did before i was born before you were born they lived yeah. in fayetteville yeah um so you got a little bit of North Carolina, and you just, just just a tad. Well, just maybe, um, just a slither. It was. Um, hold on, it, it was Amity Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amity Island. Yeah. The uh, the Wikipedia synopsis: During a beach party at dusk on Amity Island, a young woman, Chrissy Watkins, goes skinny dipping the ocean while treading water. She is violently pulled under. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So Amity Island. <laughs> But it had that vibe to it. It had it right. had that, you know, if you go back and look at that, a small, really small resort town on the Atlantic. Which I like that. It's got that's, that vibe to it's it. A, it's a cool, cool look to it. And it's very, it's different enough from what you and I experienced right. on the Gulf where I encourage everybody to go, but it's not something, I, I prefer the Gulf, let me just put it that way. Right. For yeah. a plethora of reasons. But anyway. I say all that to say, I love going to the beach. <laughs> I, I I love going to the beach. Yeah. that's that's my preferred vacation spot. Um, however, I also like going to the mountains. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's kind of kind of hard to choose. Uh, well, I say that, but. I, I like going to the beach too. Uh, by myself. Um, <laughs> by yourself without wh- what does by yourself mean? Um, you and the wife without kids or you without the wife and kids? Preferably me and the wife. Okay. 
Um, why, why is that? Elaborate on that. Look, when you have <laughs> when it's uh, scorching hot days, and the wife says, "Hey, all the kids want to go to the beach and they want to swim." Automatically, that tells me we are packing. <laughs> Everything to take down to the beach, <laughs> um, wagons, towels, goggles, all the stuff to keep up with. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know, man. It's work. I mean, it's exactly what it is. work getting down to the beach. Most because the time you get down there and you actually settle down, um, Usually, for the most part, it's okay. I mean, the kids, the kids getting in the water, and they they're doing their thing. Um, one thing I can't stand is getting the sand all over me. Really? Get, get well, not all over. Getting in the areas. Yeah. Okay. On you. you. I got you. I'm just talking about like you know you get it underneath yeah. your armpit. You yeah. get it other places that in shan't between be named. underneath your knee. Yeah. It's rubbing you raw, and I'm like, man. If I could take the sand and just, I don't know. See, I really don't mind that too much. I don't mind it too much either. I like sitting in it, you know, and just kind of putting my feet in it and, you know, just kind of. What I what I don't like is when I'm out there with other people and I, I don't feel like I can go to sleep if I need to. Right. And that's what I've heard is, is as a parent, one of the downsides to, to bringing your kids out there is, you know, you're constantly on alert, right? You you, you Pretty can't, much. You can't let them yeah. out of your sight, which means really you can't relax like you would want to. No. Nothing against having kids, right? But that's that's one of the things that as a parent, it's your job to make sure you're watching and taking care of the kids. I do tell you the best time, though, is for me, is to go out at night. Really? Because you're... You're on the beach and you're looking up and you, the stars and the moon when it's shining bright and the wet and the wind just hitting you and the waves yeah. coming in. Nobody's out there. It's calm. I'll take that. Give me, give me, give me more of that. See, I'll take that, but only if you've got me a fire. Yeah, we can have a fire because there, there's nothing better. The only thing that makes that scenario better is a campfire. Yeah, with I'll a take couple that. of buddies. Somebody's got a guitar, and you're roasting s'mores. I don't know if you can because we go down to Destin. Yeah, there are a lot of places where you can't. Yeah, I don't think you. Some I don't, that you can. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think in the area that we say that you can. The 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 dense populous areas: Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, right. Panama but City, Destin. You can't. I think no. if you get out of Destin and maybe go down towards, um, I like Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is really nice. Area and they got Fort Lauderdale. Oh yeah, you've you've been to Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, by Miami. No, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. What what am I thinking Fort of? Morgan? No, Tampa. No, it's right beside Destin. Right beside Fort De- Walton. I'm Fort sorry. Fort Walton. Yeah. Fort Walton. Yeah. I don't know why I said Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, whoa. That's, no, no. Fort, Fort Walton is right next to Destin. Yeah. And if you just Destin is just so popular i guess and it's so crowded throughout Very the entire crowded. day but fort walton 
is uh, less crowded, in my opinion, in areas. A little bit more peaceful to kind of – and they got kind of the public beach where you can just go out and you can hide the fires and, and, and do all that stuff. I think you can do that more towards Fort Morgan too. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which is right next to Gulf Shores and Orange Beach. Right. You, I don't think they allow that in Gulf Shores or Orange Beach particularly, but you can, I think, I think more towards Fort Morgan. Because when you go out towards Fort Morgan, there's nothing. Right. You yeah. know, you could go out on July 4th on a on a beach kind of right there in between Gulf Shores and Fort Morgan and maybe see five people the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, you know, and that those are the beaches I like. Too. Oh, yeah. You know, where you're not having to fight for a spot. And you're not having to deal with That's somebody else's thing. music. That's another thing. Yes, you get dude. down to down to where we're staying. People they they claim their spots, you know, and put it there. And if you if you get in their area, they you know they freak out. It's territorial, you know? man. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, well, come on, guys. But what about the mountains, though? See, I grew up in the summer. We'd go to the beach. In the winter, we'd go to Gatlinburg, in the Appalachian Mountains. New Year, right after Christmas, we'd celebrate New Year's in Gatlinburg. That was our thing. Go to the mountains, enjoy the snow, enjoy the 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 Christmas decorations that they still had left up, the fireworks at the at the Space Needle, that kind of thing. I probably don't ever went, do anything like that. No, yeah, yeah. I no, probably yes. went to the mountains more than I ever did to the beach. Really? Yeah. Well, your dad likes the mountains. Yeah, he? we didn't. I don't know why. Speaking I of mean, Mickey, there he is again. Yeah. Getting his cameo. Yeah. Um early on in my childhood, I think we went down we would go down to Gulf Shores a lot. But about, you know, getting up into the teenager years, man, we went to Gatlinburg constantly. Um year after year, you know. Your mom and dad took a trip there here not too long ago. Went up to Gatlinburg and Cherokee and, and that area. Yeah, well Did they, they got not? timeshare. That's right. They have a timeshare right. at you know one of the big resort places up there, um, and that's the one we always went to uh, back in the ninety eight, ninety nine, early two thousands, and and so forth on. But um, yeah, I love Gatlinburg. I love being up in the mountains, and um, one of my favorite places to go. They and downtown Gatlinburg. Do you love Shoney's? Like Shoney's any? You know, I've only been to Shoney's once in my life, and that was a long time yeah. ago. Well, I used, I used to go a lot when I was a kid, but they had a Shoney's right there on, on the main. Is it still there? I know exactly what it you're talking about. Be. I, it, it might be. It might be, you know. It was, I mean, it was a small one, it too. It was, yeah. But they had the buffet and all that and stuff. And it's been there for, it. that That joker's been there since like the 70s, 60s or oh, 70s. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like, you know grandfathered in or whatever yeah. you know and um and i love you know eating there but they got the other places to um to sightsee and, and go oh and, my favorite re- restaurants the restaurants in gatlinburg are great my favorite restaurant in gatlinburg the peddler you ever been to it I don't. What do they? What do they serve? It's, what are they? It's a steakhouse. Is it a steakhouse? Now the reason the peddler is so great, in my opinion, what they'll do is you sit down. First off, they've got a great. Is that on the salad bar? The back side again? Is that on yes. all the way down the end? Well, type ki- thing? kind of. It's towards the park. It's okay. towards the park. Yeah. On the creek, it sits on the on the creek there. Okay. So it's not necessarily on the main drag. 
it's over where you get on the Obergatlinburg uh, sky trolley. Right. Okay. It's, yeah, it's over in that area. It first off, like I said, it's got a great salad bar. But what they do is they will come around to you and you have a waiter, but then you have a a, a steak chef or whatever you call it. I don't know what you call it. Anyway, he will come around and you will get to pick out your cut of meat. They will bring the raw meat to your table and he will cut it for you to your specifications. Go back and cook it for you. And then go back and cook it for you. And it is the best cut of steak consistently every time I go yeah that I've ever eaten it's just you pay for it yeah but it is such a great experience that sounds good it's it's a great restaurant yeah it's not one of those restaurants like for you if you took you know the wife and all the kids yeah you would have to take out yeah yeah, you have to take out a loan I Um, said me and the wife me and Amanda yeah, you yes, you and Amanda. Yeah. It'd be a definitely a great like date night yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. But um, a great restaurant, man. My favorite restaurant in Gatlinburg. Cherokee Grill is good too. I don't I don't even really it's been so long since I've been in Gatlinburg, I don't even know if it's there anymore. But the Cherokee Grill Pigeon, is always good. Pigeon Forge has got a lot of good restaurants also. Uh Pigeon Forge is very commercial. Yeah. Um they got a place called Cheddar's. Cheddar's? Yeah. Good it's, restaurant. Uh, no, it's been there for for a while now. Never been. Yeah, um, and they kind of serve any, any anywhere from steak to chicken stuff, even even seafood. But uh, they're very their price though, really is very very. I mean, good food, good price. So, so when you got that combination, yeah, um, hmm. very well, good. What which one do you prefer? Because I think that's that's at least in this part of the country, that's an endless debate, right? Mountains or beach? Which one? Oh man, that's a tough one. For me, the beach edges it out a little, uh, just by just a little a, bit, simply because I feel like I can relax a little more at the beach. And I think that's just because of the atmosphere. You know, it's just. It's just the vibe of the beach is just this laid back, it'll be okay, it'll work itself out kind of mentality you that would, a lot you of the would locals think have. That, you would think that, yes, I, I know what you're saying. When you get down there, especially in the Destin area, I guess it depends on where you're going, it is mass chaos. I mean, yeah, traffic, I mean, you can't get, I mean, it's just. That is true. That um, is true. I don't know. I, I for me, I like going up to the Gatlinburg and the mountains area because you can hit a lot of them back roads, see a lot of the, you know the countryside and stuff, and hit them small little. Um, on the other side, if you cross, if you get into Pigeon Forge and you cross over that mountain, you know, um, that hillside or that big old mountain that you go over, there's a lot of good country restaurants and country stores that. Only if you venture off that way, you're going to know of. You're not just going to know it just by, you know. Just because it's got a big reputation or something like that. So, um, man, Nick, that one's a tough one. Uh, It sounds kind of like you're leaning more towards the mountains. 
I guess because I have so many great memories up there. Um, they've got uh, Pigeon Forge. They've got a uh, NASCAR. Um, and I know, yeah, Speedway where everybody can ride go karts and stuff. Yeah, and they yeah. got they got one like a track that you have to be you have to be sixteen year olds to to drive. You have to be the age. You have to have your license. Yeah, basically. you got to have a license. Wow, to drive on. Did not I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't wait because I was, you know, when I was 14, 15, I could never drive that track. And yeah. I was like, man, as soon as I get my license, we come back up here, I'm on it. And um, me and dad would race each other, you know, yeah. get out there and, and fool around. Even me and Alex, too. Um, but I'm going slight, to slightly. I'm going to lean mountains. So I'm you're leaning sl- mountains. I'm leaning. And he, here's why I'm leaning beach. Yeah. Let me, let me get more, a little more specific. I've got family that live at the beach, and we've got friends that live at the beach. And so every time we go to the beach, what we do, and our house is not on on the, the beach. Right. It's on the island, the backside of the island. Yeah. So, because Orange Beach and Gulf Shores is technically on an island. Right. So, we all, usually what we do is we'll get in a boat. We'll get in a friend's boat or one of our family's boat and go out on the bay. And, and go to those sandbar islands yeah. in the bay and all those restaurants in the bay. And so that's kind of been my beach experience the yeah. past couple of years. And that's so we don't hit any, we don't have to deal with traffic. That traffic on like the main boulevard there, right. next, we don't have to deal with any of that. You know, most of the restaurants we go to are on the backside of the island on the bay anyway. Yeah. So it's not necessarily sure there's there's always the traffic component. You're not going to escape the traffic necessarily just because you're on a different side of the island. But there is a different, I feel like, logistical experience and overall experience at play when when that is your, that is how you vacation like that. I'm not saying we're locals, but we're definitely not vacationing like a majority of the tourists are. Yeah. So it's a unique kind of experience. Um, and like a lot of the restaurants we go to, we'll know somebody that works there because somebody that we're with knows knows them. Uh, so that's always kind of been, it's it's almost like we don't have to stress about all that stuff right. because we're with somebody that's already thought it out or knows how to get around it or, or something like that. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's tough. It, it, yeah, it's, it's it, a it tough is. decision. But but here's here's another thing. Have you ever been to Europe? Have you ever been to another country on a vacation? Yeah, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, yeah you've been to Cancun, right? Yep. Yeah. And um Cosmel and and so forth. So would you ever want to go I've been I've been to another country, but I've never been to Europe, Asia, or Africa. Or Australia. Uh, I've only been to South America. No and with Australia. America. No, I'm just so, I mean, uh, so would you? Do you like want to go vacation to like Europe or Asia or somewhere? Where outside of the U.S. do you want to go vacation the most that you haven't been? Uh, <laughs> I would like to go vacation, but it's it's still in the states. So you have no desire to go to Europe or Asia or Africa. I would. None of those places really interest me. But I would maybe someday take a trip to Israel. Uh huh. And 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 
and just see the stuff out there. Um, but that's it, man. I'm just not a. I'm just not a. You know, my my in laws took a trip to Europe a couple. I think it was a couple of years ago. What? Yeah, David? yeah, and they. I think they stayed out there for two weeks because he's. That's he's, what surprises me. Yeah, he's got a sister who lives out there. What? Yeah, with her husband because her husband is, he works for the government, and so that's where they're staying, and they stayed with them for. In what country? Uh, Germany. No, I think it was France. France. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't hold me to that, but I think that's where they were staying. Wow. But um, they stayed for two. And look, and they had great stories, you know, but it was just kind of like, okay. Kind of told me how it is over there. Yeah. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I'm just not a big, look, I would like to venture out in my country. Yeah. <laughs> Before I venture anywhere else, because I I want to see more of what we have. Yeah. Um, and that's just me. You know, everybody's got... I, I completely everybody, agree. You know, I, got, I want to go out west. I want to go out west. I want to go see the Grand Tetons. Yeah. I want to go to Yellowstone. I want to go to Zion. I want to go to the Grand Canyon. I want to go out to California and Washington, Cascadia. I want to go, to, I want to go out to Canada, Vancouver. I want to go to Alaska. But the history... The history nerd in me wants to go to Europe so bad. You know, like, yeah. I want to go to London. I want to go to Scotland. I want to go to France. Not necessarily Paris. Yes, I want to go to Paris because of the history, but I've just heard Parisians are, are buttholes. Um, <laughs> want to go to Germany. Want to go to the Netherlands. W- really want to go to Italy. Really want to yeah. go to Rome and Florence and Venice uh, and Sicily. Wanna I think go to, they, ventured, go to Greece. they ventured off into Switzerland, too. Oh really? While they were okay. over there. Yeah, would love to go to Switzerland. Now that's the place I I like. Um, I, it, Switzerland, okay, Austria. Is, look, if 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 I had you know if I had a choice over there, yeah, those are one of the places I would go. Switzerland. Yeah. Um, cool the, country. The mountains are just Dude, man. The ridiculous. Swiss Alps. Yeah. You can't. You can't. I mean, and just they took picturesque. a train ride. They took a train ride. See, that sounds so cool. So that would be cool. I, I yeah. would, I would like to do that. Um, that would be, you know, how far out west have you been? What's the, the further? The furthest west, I, <laughs> Texas. Me too. Texas. Yeah. Uh, and that was for work. Yeah. That was when I was working in college. Dallas. Uh, college Station. Co- yeah. Okay. Houston, uh, which is, which is south, east, central. Texas, yeah. if that makes any sense. I've been to Fort Worth. I've been so. to, I've been to College Station, Texas, and Montgomery, Texas. Yeah, that's the furthest I've been. Well, I, I say that when I was a kid, we you know we we won that trip to California. So you've been to California. Been really. to California, but yeah. you know, and that was by plane, but never you know actually drove. Ne- uh, yeah, and I, further and than we, Fort we flew Worth, out Texas. Texas. Yeah. Well, te- okay, Texas. Let me do. Let me do this, Texas. Arkansas, Texas, Arkansas, and Missouri, and Minnesota. Those are the most western states that I've been to. I've been to Missouri for sure. Missouri, yeah. Never, never been, uh, never been to Kansas, never been to Nebraska, never been, never been west of, of that. I would like to go venture up to Montana. Oh, I, oh, the views in Montana, man. Great Falls, Billings, 
I've I've heard it, the view is yeah, just Montana would be a crazy Glacier National awesome Park. place to go. Yeah, but I I, I do want to go to Europe though. I want to experience that history. Like, I need to just take a summer. Of course, coaching with coaching is kind of hard to do that. Like right now, we're doing workouts, but right, you know, go out and just just travel Europe. Maybe not necessarily Russia. Yeah. Just because of the way things are, things stand between the U.S. and Russia, but just go and travel. Yeah. Uh, Europe. I think that'd be really, really cool. Mexico is interesting. Yes. And I've been to Mexico, but I've never been to Mexico City. I want to go to Mexico City, see what that's all about. I've heard Mexico City is interesting. Yeah. I, so, you know, you got to know your areas, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you that's, what, that's what that's what Billy Dale's told me. Yeah, you 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 go in the wrong area, um, and you can mess up. You know, Mexico yeah. City is one of the most populous cities in the world. Yeah, didn't know that. That surprised me. Yeah, when I found that out, when I learned that little fun fact. But uh, you know, I, th- I think we're I think we're getting to recommendation time. Um, look, have you thought about it? I got it right here. Okay, what's your rec? I recommend, okay, look, what I, we were talking about earlier is to kind of, look, we all need to, and I think you would agree, we all need to love each other. Absolutely. And, you know. Even even if we don't agree. Even we, if we don't agree. You, with know. Any, you know, we still consider them as brothers and sisters. And, um, look, man, just uh, go to... Um, go to Chronicles two seven fourteen. Read that verse. That's your recommendation. That's my recommendation. Read that verse and just kind of. You said Chronicles two. Yeah, Chronicles two, chapter two. Yeah, chron. You know, yeah, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Okay. Chapter seven, verse fourteen. Read that, and um, you know, and I'll give that to, to the audience, to whoever listens to us, to kind of look up, you know, and read that, and um. Man, just you know. say that again. Chronicles two. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Oh, chapter geez. seven. Chapter seven. Verse fourteen. Verse fourteen. Yeah. And, I'm looking um, it up on my phone right now. Yeah. Verse fourteen. Hey Nick, you need that um Holy Bible app. That's what I've got. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I I love it, man. Yeah, I I that's a cool verse. I like that. Just uh, look that up, and that's what I recommend. And you know, it makes a lot of sense given the current circumstances. Yeah, and um, if we if we put them things from perspective, and wishing that a lot of people would, and then things a lot would be a lot better. So, my recommendation is is also what you got a book of sorts. Okay. Mine is, uh, I'm recommending a novel that actually was released this year, very recently. And it's it's really, it may take me a while to kind of get into it, but the, the book that I'm recommending is called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, written by Suzanne Collins. Now, some of you out there are going to recognize that name, Suzanne Collins. Say that. Say that title again. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Okay. 
the reason you might recognize that author's name is that she wrote the Hunger Games trilogy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this book is actually a prequel novel to the Hunger Games trilogy. Here recently? I mean, it's, it's, it's something... Yes, she, oh, okay. she it was released so in to... April of 2020. Okay. I think April. April or March. Anyway, the premise of the novel is that it follows a young Coriolanus Snow... By young, I mean he's 18 years old. Yeah. And in the Hunger Games trilogy, for those of you that don't know, this guy is the evil, bad president yeah. of of the country in the in the book. He's the antagonist in right. in the in the Hunger Games trilogy. He's the bad guy. He's the villain. Okay. To right. set this all up. Well, this prequel novel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, kind of talks about why he is that way. He's the main character. It explores why. He is this psychopath, you know. Yeah. It it explores his background, and he's sort of this anti-hero. He's this guy that you don't want to root for, but you root for, right? Right. At least in this novel, he's that way, and it talks about what he goes through and and deals with a lot of themes of as a as a as a somebody that likes to think about history and and politics, but also about what makes us human and what makes us the way that we are. Right. It explores a lot of that and it is the one of the best books I've read in a long time. To me it's better than any of the Hunger Games books because you're dealing with a guy and you're looking at a at a at a fractured vulnerable world. Yeah. With a fractured vulnerable man through his eyes. Right. And why does he choose to be and view the world the way that he chooses to view it in such a crass, violent way? Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it and it just I don't know, you you kind of are engrossed by the way that he thinks, but also there's this other character, his love interest. And looking at their relationship throughout the whole novel and where their relationship ends up explains so much about him. Anyway, I just, I could go on and on about the novel. It's a really good book. It's about 500 pages long. It's like 20 bucks at Walmart. It's not hard to well, go find. I hadn't, so, you know, I didn't, it's my recommendation. I didn't see all the Hunger Game movies uh-huh. until yeah. here recently. Me and Amanda. Oh, really? Yeah, I started watching them all. This one. I saw the very first one. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, didn't stay with the second and third one. And, the and the so, last one, I think, is probably the best one. The second yeah. one, this, I don't know, the second one was really good. Yeah. Because there's so. four movies. Right. The Hunger Games, the uh, Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1, Mockingjay Part 2. The second movie and the fourth movie, to me, are the best movies. Are the best ones. Yeah. Well, we sat down, we watched them, and, you know, they were good. You know, we enjoyed that. Well, there's and they've the same director. That's what I was going. Yeah, I was going to say. Was there, you know, going to be some some more to come? There, there are know. plans. Yeah, they've currently Lionsgate, the studio that bought the rights to the Hunger Games trilogy. I think has the has bought the rights to this book too, right? From Suzanne Collins and the director that directed Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part One, and Mockingjay Part Two has already signed on to direct this movie. 
They've already got a, a writer to write the movie. Suzanne Collins, the author, has come on as a producer, and they've got Nina Jacobson, uh, who did the other movies too, to come on as a producer. So, yeah. at least as of right now, so it's it's possible it, it could happen. And in and in my deep, I'm going to admit something to y'all. Can I admit something to you yeah, and to the, our, you got the four our listeners? I would, I would really love to be a part of this movie. Whether it was as a like uh, uh, a gopher, <laughs> whether it's as a as a producer, whether it's as an actor, I don't care. I would love. No to matter be a part what of this you movie. are, you just want to be a part of it because this this. I mean, this movie. It it hit me. Yeah, it hit me right in the heart. The ending, man. This is this is a Nick tragedy. Wilson, are you about are you about to tear up? No, I'm not about to tear I up. I thought you were about to tear up. You're, there you're just saying that just to you, yeah. You you're just saying that. <laughs> Good night. I'm not about to tear. Up. But it but when I read it, it was one of those emotional impact. It had a, it had the kind of emotional impact where it didn't really make me cry, but it it kind of like it left you going wow. Right. That's how that's how impactful and good it was. It's just you're like, wow. Yeah. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox again. But no, that's man, my recommendation. So I think we've gone way over. Well but that's okay. Look, if if you got nothing to listen to and you're um, you're just bored out your mind, just come listen to this podcast called Talk or Go Home. But no, seriously, I, I, I did not cry. <laughs>